Good morning. It is Monday, March 8th, 6.58 a.m. I hope y'all had a good week. I know I did. It was really busy. I worked myself to exhaustion as usual. Um, I can't believe it's already March. This Is it me just being older now and just every, you know, I always heard the years would go by faster, but this is ridiculous or maybe just the monotony of each day just smears into the next one. Oh God. Um, oh goodness. What do we have here? Some technical difficulties already. Um, yeah, I just worked like crazy. I went to the rag bins on Thursday and I hadn't been in over a month. Um, and I stayed for like three hours and I got a bunch of stuff. Um, and then Paulina met me at the rag bins and we had some lunch and went on a walk around Fruitvale near Fruitvale in Oakland. And it was really great to catch up. She's moving in July to Berlin with the family and I'm just like uh she said it's a long way off and I'm like no it's not a long way off <laughs> the way this month this uh, year is going it's going by so fast it's just another friend moving away you know Kirsty's gone I miss our walks together I like taking walks with my friends it's fun sometimes I'm not always in the mood for a walk but then like I know that it's a good thing to do and so then once we start walking, you know, I'm glad I did. So eventually I'll just be walking by myself in San Francisco. Then what did I do? Oh, yeah, the next day I went and bought some jewelry and some little dolls to sell. And then Saturday... I thrifted for a long time, but I only got one thing. I went to Japantown. I started out in Japantown. Got this beautiful Egyptian robe. Um, but yeah, I went to about four different thrift stores and it was a bust. So the one good thing is like when I look, when I break down the day, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I made money that day. I made more money that day because I didn't get much stuff. Um, but I do love finding good stuff to sell. Um, and then on Saturday night, I went over to Ann's and we, and we had some cocktails. I had two Manhattans. I hadn't had a Manhattan in such a long time that yesterday I was basically hung over all day. I spent the whole day in bed. Um, I had to cancel the shoot with Rose because I still needed to prepare some items and I just wasn't feeling top notch. But yeah, I conducted the, all the business of the day from bed. I didn't even get out of my pajamas. It was kind of hilarious. Ordered Peking duck and ate that in bed with Lavinia. And yeah, just took it real easy. I watched Solaris by Tarkovsky. 
what a great film. If you guys have not seen Solaris yet, this is a good time to see it because it's almost three hours long and it's just, it's very engrossing. And it was made on a pretty low budget, actually. Um, so that actually works in its favor because it doesn't have all the bells and whistles of a sci-fi film from the era. There's one set that's kind of padded a little bit, um, but nothing, nothing crazy, you know, nothing over the top, no, like, silver space suits and, like, you know, undulating digital displays. Um, but it ends up being more timeless in that way and actually more realistic. So it's just beautiful. So I saw that. And then I detangled a couple necklaces from this small pile of gold necklaces that I have that's tangled up. It's very satisfying. I even bought like a headlamp so I can just dig in. Um, I pulled out two necklaces. There's probably about 12 more necklaces in the, in the tangle. I think I've probably gotten about 30 necklaces out of there. So it's always a nice sense of accomplishment when that happens. Oh, God. It's just such a really strange time we're living in. It's hard to... I mean, I should be glad that I'm safe, but... It's just hard to deal with everything sometimes. So last night I got to thinking about the kids in my homeschool group growing up um, because most of them have turned out to, to remain very, very conservative and are definitely part of the religious right still and sometimes I think about them fondly though because I have you know those kids helped form my better childhood memories and I think about the way the state of you know the state of the U.S. right now and you know that, you know, most of them probably voted for Donald Trump or didn't vote at all. Um, some of them probably went to whatever, you know, rallies. They probably went to Trump rallies if it was available to them. Um, one of the things that got me thinking about it was Nathaniel, my former friend, reached out to me on Instagram and he said you know me and David haven't heard from you I've changed the names 
me and David haven't heard from you in a while. And I said, well, I tend to distance myself from Trump supporters, you know. And it's, it's as if you guys are following the Nazis or something. That's how I see it. I really believe that it's a fascist paradigm that you're, that you're opting into. And he said, LOL. Well, you don't know what it's like here in the Midwest. You know, poor people have really been let down. And, you know, you don't know what the struggles are like, which is so fucking funny because I'm from the Midwest and Benjamin is not. He's like 25 years old. He's lived most of his life in the Bay Area under very privileged surroundings, I might add, raised by a loving family who has, you know, good character and liberal values. And I'm just thinking, no, you don't know what it's like. You didn't, I I tried to, I disengaged pretty quickly after. Because, you know, a small part of me hopes that they will turn turn away from their bizarre Trump ways, but I can't, I can't offer them the stick. If they're drowning, they're going to try to pull me in. Um, but yeah, he was, he's just, he's just too young and, and too inexperienced to know. And he, he wasn't raised in that. He wasn't born into that, that life like I was. And he doesn't know how hard it is to extricate yourself from that. And I do agree that there are some class issues, class anxiety, which surrounds a lot of people, a lot of poorer people, um, white, poorer white people's perception of the Democratic Party. Um, they see it as kind of a do-nothing, self-righteous party. But yeah, I'm from there and it's always been it's always been like this whether Benjamin decides to support Trump or not. You know. I'm just I just kind of rolled my eyes about it. But it did, you know, it did get me thinking about about the kids I was raised with and that sort of thing. Now, there was a family, the Durnells, who had six children. And the mother, Marilyn, was the leader of our Eastside Indianapolis homeschool group. And she was very nice. She was about six feet tall. And she had her hair in a wavy bun. And it was kind of, you know, black and gray. And we all went to the same church the time we were attending Word of Life Fellowship. Um, and it was also where they would have the 4-H meetings at her house. And there were six, there were six kids. So there was, I think, Matthew, Timothy, Kathy, Cindy. Wait, wait, wait. No, Timothy... Give me a minute. Timothy, Kathy, Cindy, Patty, 
Beth and Benjamin. And I believe actually they may have had seven, a Matthew or something, but he was, he was older. He was completing college. They were originally from Chicago and Marilyn, when they lived there, um, I believe she was teaching at Wheaton University, which is like a more prestigious Christian college, if you can believe that. <laughs> um, but it was like, one, it's one of the more prestigious ones. Um, and her husband, Stan, I believe he worked for the city. I'm not sure what, it's some, some sort of civil servant position. But I just, I thought the Darnells were really a great family. Um, they were always very kind to me, um, which I th- I think that may have been difficult to be at times because um, I was often a very depressed little child. Um, and also I, I had, you know, had some pretty bad social anxiety. It, it complicated things. Um, but we would all go over there for the homeschool groups. Um, I went over there for 4-H. I took a quilting class and cake decorating. Cake decorating is really hard. I thought I was going to be a whiz at it, but I definitely wasn't. Um, Timothy or Tim was really handsome. I thought he was very handsome. They all had those, all the Durnells had that, you know, that chin that looks like Kirk Douglas, (laughs) a little butt chin. And he had, he was tall and he had curly blonde hair and he was just real sweet and he was real cute. And I think that, you know, I was, I was looking him up to see like what he still looks like, but I don't, I couldn't find any pictures of him. Um, and then Kathy was a very beautiful, she was probably maybe 16 or 17, but very mature for her age because she was, the, you know, the oldest daughter, which means she helped, helped out the parents a lot. And she taught the quilting class. She was already an avid quilter, very accomplished. Um, I believe she sang and played the piano too. Really looked up to her. And then there was Cindy. Cindy was the meanest of them all, but she actually really wasn't that mean. Um, she was she was not as graceful um, or as attractive as um, as Tim and Kathy were. And she was a bit hot headed and um, she was she was prone to <gasps> moments, which me and my sisters always thought were really funny. Um, and she dressed kind of like someone in their 50s, too. And she had she also had curly hair and she kept it kind of like closely cropped, you know, like kind of in a little mullet type thing. Um, Kathy ended up getting married, I, I believe when she was 20 or maybe, maybe 21 or something, which is kind of what we thought to be kind of surprisingly late. But now I look back, that's really young. And Cindy years later ended up meeting somebody at the church who ended up, who they almost got married, but he ended up being a scam artist. 
and it was a huge, it was a huge deal. She was heartbroken and I really felt bad for her because I, I think that she maybe thought her prospects weren't, weren't as good as Kathy's and this guy was really just going over the top, paying her a ton of attention, you know, and she was kind of a plain, plain to look upon and probably wasn't going to get married um, in the context of where, how they lived. And she was still living at home, you know. And then there was Patty. Patty was, I think, the one of the more popular girls at the church. And it wasn't because they dressed nice or anything or were wealthy because the Darnells certainly were not wealthy. But she just had the self-confidence and self-assuredness I really wanted her to be my friend so bad. I had, I had like no friends and I, I eventually did start to make friends, but, um, I remember sewing her a tiny pillow that was maybe three inches by one inch and it was a chin pillow <laughs> and it was made out of calico and I gave it to her. I also made her some paper dolls and drawings and that sort of thing. Um, when I was when I was little, I would make things for people that I liked and we'd give it to them, little gifts and that sort of thing. And then there was Beth. Beth loved to tell dirty jokes, which what we would do is at like Sunday services at night because we went to first service in the day and then we'd go back at night and then on Sunday night and then we'd go back on Wednesday night and then there would be a cell group meeting or a prayer group meeting um one night a week at at a church member's house and then um there'd be women's bible study on another day in the week in the mornings so we were very involved in church and um at Sunday night services, like there, if you were an older kid, but you know, not quite old enough to sit in with the sermons, they had this room at the church that, well, you know, there were like, it was like a playroom. There were books and toys and that sort of thing. And me and Beth and Nicole and Yvonne and some other kids from the church, who I don't remember would sit around in a circle at the little tiny table, <laughs> those little chairs, and Beth would hold forth with her dirty jokes. Um, one was, there was one about these, this woman who had very large breasts that we thought was really funny. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious because Beth really was a very sweet girl, very... Um, she had she she was probably grew up to be quite a beauty um she had wavy light blonde hair and was very tall for her age and she was just very kind and then the youngest was ben and i loved ben he was probably i don't know maybe 5 years younger than me and he was adorable he would always like climb trees with us and he had a raspy voice. And one of the things that I thought was so cute about him is he'd say, he'd come up behind me and say, hello, little one. Hello. 
And that's how he talked. He actually had a raspy voice. And I loved that he was so little and he called other, other children, even if they were bigger, he called them little one. Oh, God. Well, Ben ended up marrying Rachel Herndon. Um, Rachel is from an even larger family. There were 12 kids in all in the family. Um, Rachel, the, the Herndons have gorgeous children, um, even better looking than the Durnells. But from what I know is Ben did not grow, he grew up to be extremely conservative. He's active on social media. Um, he's very homophobic and very controlling of Rachel, which that made me feel really disappointed and sad, you know? Um, so basically he just grew up to be an asshole. And Tim ended up marrying Megan Marvel, who was kind of my nemesis in the history club. Um, Megan was just a know-it-all and she caught, she caught me saying that I didn't like her. It was true. Um, but yeah, he ended up marrying her, but yeah, they're all probably very conservative. Um, going hunting and doing all that sort of thing. Um, once a week or once every other week, I went to this thing called Indiana Junior Historical Society, which was also known as Little Hoosiers, where we would um, sing songs and learn about Indiana history and go on field trips. Um, like, you know that show Parks and Rec where... Amy Poehler works for the Parks and Rec Department in Pawnee, Indiana. That was my dream job when I was a kid. Like, you know, like I wanted to be working like with preservation and that sort of thing. Um, you know, probably more in a museum setting, though, in a curatorial sense. But yeah, there were a lot of, ugh, there were so many strange characters in the in the history club, there were two girls, the Sampley sisters named Jeannie and Tiffany. And they were always, Jeannie was nice to me, but Tiffany was, she was a real trip. Oh my God. She was, you know, very beautiful. And she was always very snotty towards me. But then when I started kind of becoming a teenager and that sort of thing, when I was like 13, she took an interest in me as a friend because she was like, oh, you suddenly look cute now. I can talk to you. Um, and they had adopted an old, another girl who was in her teens, but that, that girl ran away from home. Um, I only went to the Sampley's house a couple times and it was a big deal for me because I thought that they were so cool. We would like listen to Dolly Parton albums and talk about makeup and decor, which I was really into home decor. 
My main friend, though, at the homeschool group was probably Amy Klein. Um, we spent a lot of time with each other. Uh, we would play paper dolls. We would make paper dolls, cut out paper dolls. Um, she she went to Calvary Baptist. She was the middle of four children. Um, Sarah was the older girl, and I believe Joel was the eldest, and Hope was the youngest. And they were from, their their parents were both German, of German extraction. I believe they were both first-generation Americans, her parents. Um, and they were older than most of the parents in the homeschool group. Um, one moment. And now that I look back at it, they were total Nazi sympathizers and apologists. Um, we did have a fun game that we played, though, called Hiding from the Nazis. Um, because I was really into this book called The Hiding Place, about a spinster who hides Jewish people in her, in her like, closet. And then she gets sent to Dachau. Um, so we kind of mixed stories from the hiding place in with the sound of music. And what we would do is we would hide in the bushes and spy on the parents in the living room. And the, the parents were the Nazis and we were escaping from them. It was, it was fun. It, we, would, we would play for hours. Um, Amy and I both loved World War II. She was kind of more, I would say, have had some bullying, mild bullying um, characteristics. Um, we would play a, a game called Access and Allies. Not, I think there is actually a board game called that. But what it was, was we would quiz each other on things. And it would all, we would, we would write down our points and one of the one of us would have to be the bad guys, the Nazis, and the other one would get to be the good guy, the allies. And somehow she always made it so that I was the bad guy. We would do this like we'd toss coins and that sort of thing, but she'd be like, Oh, that didn't toss properly. You're gonna have to toss it again. <laughs> it was awful. Um, but yeah, we would write plays and they had a cookie tin full of Victorian jewelry that we would open it up and look at all of it. And we would bake things. We would bake things like muffins from a Jiffy kit and we would make marble cupcakes. And I really did. I loved me. Um, I thought she was a great friend overall and sometimes we got in, in tiffs um but I remember her saying things to me about racial purity when I was probably 10 years old or something and talking about how races get watered down and we lose our cultures and 
of our people and things like that. Um, which granted she was a child, but it was obviously somebody was telling her that kind of stuff. I'll never forget when she said that sort of thing though, because I too was a child and even though my parents were racists, I don't think they had that mentioned that aspect to me. And there was an interracial family at our church. So, and they were quite nice. So I, I was thinking about them and I was puzzled by it. So let's see who else was there. Oh, the Campbells. Oh my God. Bane of my existence. No wonder I didn't bring them up right away. The Campbells were also in our homeschooling group and Donnie and Audrey were in the history club with me. Um, they had five children. So it was Donnie, Audrey, Susanna, Luke, and Matthew, I believe. I think Susanna was the fifth. Um, Luke, I'll never forget. He was the middle child and he looked just like Buck Owens, only he was a child. And one time I went to spend the night over there and he puked all over the table. I was just mortified. Um, but my mom and her mom, Becky Campbell, hung out a lot and seemed to get along really well um, and had a lot of the same political views, which were extremely conservative, anti-birth control, etc. cetera. Um, and then... The father, Don Donald Campbell, was awful. <laughs> um, he wanted to be the center of attention all the time, and he would always tell racist jokes about Polish people. Um, and there's a word for, for, there's a, what is it? There's a defamatory word for Polish people that sounds like a certain kind of fish that begins with a P. And he would always, and he would just constantly, constantly tell them all the time, like it was a compulsion. Um, and then, you know, you had to just kind of like, it wasn't the fact that it was just a racist joke. It was a bad racist joke. Like, you know, like it was just a bad joke. It was not, there was nothing funny about it. Even if you replaced it like with a penguin or there's so much to unpack there. I can't even get started, but he was constantly telling them all the time and he seemed a little creepy. I couldn't put my finger on it, but he just seemed a little creepy. Um, and then there was Donnie Campbell who was just, he was just an asshole. He, um, would always just like burst in when Audrey and I were playing with dolls and like make the dolls do gross stuff. And, he would draw photos, I mean, not photos, he would draw pictures of like naked women and stuff. It was, there's, he was just gross. He was gross. He would, there was something lascivious about him that I despised. He was actually a really good drawer though. He knew how to drew, draw horses, which I was quite jealous of. Um, but one of the, one of the times I remember he said that he, he caught a swordfish and mounted it on his wall, which was a total lie. He would tell lies like that. Um, 
And then another time at Secret Santa gift exchange at the Little Hoosiers, he filled a cookie tin. Homeschoolers have cookie tins galore. We use them for everything. He had a cookie tin and he filled it with not cookies, but with rotten eggs and onions and that sort of thing. It was disgusting. It was, it was just, you know, gross. And all the kids seemed like they had a snotty nose. Audrey had chapped lips and a snotty nose all the time. I, I don't know what was going on. Maybe they're, now that I look back, there's probably mold in their house. Um, I, I don't know really what became of the Campbells, except for that I believe Donnie got married and had a baby. Um, and Audrey, she was one of the few people that rebelled from her home, like me and my sisters did. Um, but she ended up joining a gang. And I hope that she's okay. Um, trying to think of who else... There's a lot of a lot of kids because there are so many kids. Um, but I do think I do think about like all the time that I spent with these kids and how at the end of the day we were just kids and how how we became who we are and how if any of them were just afraid to leave their surroundings are felt oppressed by it. Like I think back to Cindy and her, you know, ill-fated romance and wondering if she was just trying to see the world outside the lens of, of her family's influence. Cause when you're homeschooled, it's very isolating and you don't have, you are basically just, very cloistered and very influenced by your immediate surroundings. But I really hope, I really hope that at least one of them can break out and, and see the light. And I don't mean that in a condescending way. I mean, see the light for themselves in a way that where they, are able to be free and express themselves. There's a lot more kids, but those are the ones I will talk about today. Thank you so much for listening. I enjoyed reminiscing and damn, you know, that's a lot of kids. All right. I've got a, I'm going to make a frittata and then I'm going to ship. You guys have a great day. Great week. Talk to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.